Hello. And welcome to Bastards. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome, people, to episode 512 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Matt Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Buy a PlayStation 5, Becky, Ian Loring. Hi, I'm just talking over here. <laughs> and, and what do we have What do we have this week? We have a bit of a stream-off, don't we? Yeah. Yes. We're going to get a stream of consciousness from us. It's like um, all over again. It is. Um, it's, it, I mean, that is because there wasn't actually... You know, The, the big cinema release was the um, Eras Tour. And um, Just going to see what the dog is barking at. I can, I can still hear And I don't think... Um, Ian is a, is a big uh, Taylor Swift fan. You're, you enjoy her music, don't you, Rebecca? She was your most listened to artist for a couple of years ago, so don't shake your head at me. Um, uh, but I don't think anyone's fancied paying an extra 20 quid on top of that normal cinema ticket price to go for three hours. Um, but if you did, I hope you genuinely enjoyed it. Um, people seem to have enjoyed it. Guys, 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 my Halloween costume just turned up. Oh, what is it this year? Ah, oh. ah. Oh, well, you can't really, you can't really see it there. Oh, that's a shame. Um, I'm gonna keep it. So, I'm gonna surprise Lottie with this. It's a Pikachu costume. <laughs> is, is it like one of those skin suits, or is it like a big old, like massive one? It's a big. O- it's a big old onesie, baby. <laughs> nice. Good work. So, yeah, uh, going to surprise the shit out of her with that, and uh, I'm going to walk around with her trick-or-treating dressed as Pikachu. Nice. Nice. Good work. So you're basically a furry now. <laughs> I just thought it'd be funny. <laughs> it is funny. Um, <laughs> that's throwing me off guard a little bit, that. Uh, so, yes, we've got Totally Killer, and we have Fair Play. Um, one's on Prime, one's on Netflix. Which one's better? We'll find out in the battle of the streaming services. Um, I'm also what we've been watching because we didn't do much last week because we watched all watched loads of Exorcist movies, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and the usual sort of trailer bits and bits of news, even though there isn't any because strikes are still happening. Um, and yeah, yeah, we've got a few questions as well. So, Ian, what what's been happening in the old yeah. news? <laughs> Apart from strikes, you know, just like continuing in the sag, um, and what's the name falling out again? I mean, not 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 much really. I mean, I'm I'm pleased to see that Killers of the Flower Moon is uh, tracking at between twenty and twenty five million dollars this weekend. Um, that's that's a really good start. Yep. Um, um, and you know, there's, there's been some. Um, you know the fact that you can't have um, any of the stars do promotional work for it, I think is 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 hindering. But it, it very much is aggressive. Apple have gone. Do you know what? We're going to aggressively make people know it's out there, mm. <laughs> um, which as as has happened. I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, um, you know, Taylor Swift looks like she'll still be number one with 27 to 37 million off the first weekend, 92.3. Um, yeah, I mean, fair, fair play. I'm glad cinemas have got a certain like product still. Um, it's just like the, the strikes don't look good at the moment, um, you know, and it's it's it, it, it's enabling an increase in filmmakers and actors and actresses weighing in on 
the problems in the Middle East uh, that I would kind of I don't need to I don't need Quentin Tarantino going to the Israeli troops to try and get their morale up yeah it's a little bit uh, the whole thing it it is a yeah I I mean I don't I'm not educated enough around the whole situation to have an opinion um I will say I think Tarantino's playing with fire there um yeah I, I mean and the fact that he he lives in Israel um and I believe his wife is Israeli yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah no absolutely I, no I mean like I, I get that I get that it's just man you know I, I, I if this if this was to roll on through like production of his next film it's going to be interesting to see how that affects things, you know, and I, I know obviously this whole thing, like filmmaking means fuck all in the, in the whole scope of it all, yeah. but it's a bit, man, there's, there's pros and cons on taking either, either side on, on this at the moment, isn't there? Um, I, yeah, I, or at least from what I can, what I can tell. And, I I think people maybe need to not have a I don't know not have opinion but maybe this is wider M- maybe not have opinions on these things when you're not close enough to the detail like it feels like there's a lot of armchair experts I think the issue is there's there's four sets of people involved and the two sets of people in the wrong are not the two sets of people that are getting hurt yeah and it's not as cut and dried as Israelis are bad, Palestinians are good, or vice versa. No, it's Hamas mm. are bad, Israeli government uh, is bad. Civilians. Civ- Israeli people, majoritively, are probably good. Palestine people, majoritively, are probably good. Mm. And it, it, it's always that thing, is the the people that get harmed are not the people involved in the politics of it all. Yeah. Um, and... The people they're the people who are used essentially as the pawns of the politics. It, it's the same for any war or occupation yeah. or apartheid or anything like that. It, it, it is the the people who get hurt the most. The people who have who have literally zero to gain from any of it. Mm. Um, and that is the it is why it is on both sides a a huge humanitarian crisis. Yeah. Um, but. I think coming down on either side is is, is sticky because there's. But I, I think in agreeing with what Ian's saying, that there's the thing is, it's not like the, um, it's not like the Black Lives Matter campaign and bits like that. There is occasional times mm. where, it just do you know what, if you're throwing your support behind the Israeli government, then seriously just have a quick check mm. before you do it. It, 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 it is not you. You you can be um, it, being against the Israeli government does not make you anti-Semitic. It just doesn't. Um, so the thing there is, you if you're pro-Israeli government, you should really be checking yourself there. Mm. If you are pro outright pro-Palestine, then where have you been for thirty years? Don't wade in now on something you could have been speaking about. Yeah. 
three years ago, well, five years ago, I, ten I years ago, twelve years ago. Is the 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 people doing the bad shit from the Israeli side are the Israeli military, whereas the people doing the bad shit from the Palestinian side, they aren't the Palestinian military. They're a terrorist cell. The thing is, mm. I, 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 well, I, I'm going to say that this is the last time we talk about it because this is this is a massive geopolitical conflict thing yeah. that is way out of our scope of a, um, a sweary mumbling podcast, film podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I'm going to comment on, on the fact that that um, Martin Scorsese was uh, interviewed uh, about Kills the Flower Moon um, and somebody brought up the fact that, you know, this might be his last movie and he, he just kind of started laughing and went, no way, this train keeps going. <laughs> he said, I feel, he said, I, I, I keep hearing that and I keep seeing it. He's like, I feel more energy now than I did 20 years ago. He said, the only difference is 20 years ago, I didn't think that I only had maybe three or four films left in me. Mm. So whereas now I have 12, 15 films in me, I'm probably only time to make four um, that man will draw his last breath on a film set. Well, he said that that's that, it, that if that happens, it will be the. He said, it, he said there is contingencies that are in place for each film for if that happens. Mm. He said, and that is what I hope will happen. He didn't say it on this one, but he said it um, when he was doing Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. The thing is, it won't be his film set. He'll be visiting the set of Avengers: The Kang Dynasty. Just <laughs> 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 wandering around going. It's just a fucking theme park, guys. <laughs> go, go, go. This is a nice car park. <laughs> <laughs> he has a heart attack being scared at the sight of how big the green screen is. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. That's a horrible thing to say. Sorry. I, I, I genuinely think that Martin Scorsese, if he, if he did ever listen to this, would laugh at that. <laughs> I hope so. It, but yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So, if, we, if we're out of news, should we jump to trailers? Um, I tried to watch as many as I could. Oh, um, real quick, actually. Oh, go on then. Um, it's not really news, but um, obviously we we mentioned about the whole Will and Jada Smith thing last week, didn't we? Yes. Have you seen Will Smith's been aggressively and desperately trying to be light-hearted in his responses to it? Is this his TikToks? Yeah, his tickety talks. Yeah. <laughs> They're just bonkers. Did you see his official statement? What were he, were he just zooms out? Yeah, just zooms out to the world. Yeah, yeah. I, the thing is, I haven't really watched the TikTok thing, and the thing is, what what is really weird about Will Smith is there is this unbelievably charming and charismatic man there mm. that I don't think we've seen in cinema really for twenty years. And I kind of like that Will Smith back. Yeah, I think, I think once all this, I don't know. Once we get on, the, or he gets on the other side of all this, I think some stuff will come out. I, I think he's in. I don't think he's well at all. No. And I think there's some serious Stockholm syndrome shit going on. Should you not make him better? Divorcing his horrible wife. I think they already have a new Men in Black movie where he gets to be the Tommy Lee Jones character. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. Yeah, and I just mean, get somebody just. Do a new, do a new Men in Black movie, where, where, Will Smith gets to play the Tommy Lee Jones character, but as the character that he has in Men in Black, mm. and Pete Davidson plays the young upstart. Oh, no, no. 
But I think like the um, like the Chris Rock thing, in context of apparently Chris Wrong Chris Rock contacted Jada Smith about a week before the Oscars and asked if he could take her out sometime because he'd heard that her and Will Smith were divorced now. Maybe makes a bit more sense. The problem is so much of this, you don't know how much of it's oh, true or I not. I know, I know. The funniest one I did see of all these things was somebody said, wouldn't it just be fucking really funny if one day fucking Jada Pinkett Smith just came out and went, I've been Tupac all along. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> just, and that was it. And it's just that literally, it was like somebody had done it as like a drawing and she just wipes across her face and just makeup comes off and there's, all that's left there is a two-pack um, goatee. <laughs> it's just like, I just looked at that. That is so stupid that it almost feels like it could happen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just I just feel real bad for him. Like, you, you see stuff with him now and it, there's just this desperation in his eyes and... I just it just makes me feel sad like Telling he's you. obviously suffering Men in Black 4 or 5 or whatever it is mm. Pete Davidson well I mean bad bad boys Pete Davidson yeah Pete, Pete Davidson yeah and Will Smith yeah, yeah alright I mean yeah I, w- I would watch that Men in Black <laughs> but just do it as almost like a straight up just fucking remake of the first one, but with him as the same character. I'm just having him occasionally going, this is really fucking familiar. Serious deja vu. Even get D'Onofrio back. Yeah. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> Telling you, this happens. We know Will have started listening. Or Uncle Ben's been talking to him. Yeah. Uh, what trailers have we watched then? Uh, got a few. So, hang about May December's a Sky original. Is it? Oh, fair enough. Sorry. Um, at least in the UK. Um, so, uh, American fiction. Yeah. New Jeffrey Wright one. This looks funny. This, this looks, looks great. good. I, I was look, when the trailer came on. I was it started. I was like. Oh, is it going to be one of? The, is it is it going to be another one of those? And then when she starts reading from it, I was like, "Oh, okay, this sounds interesting." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very much up for this. He's, I mean, Jeffrey Wright's a great watch in anything. Yeah, having him mm-hmm. play something that is a little bit where he can be quite playful again, uh, I'm really looking forward to. Yep, um, agree. Um, new Wonka trailer. Um, I I remain I remain up for it. I I trust in Paul King and Simon Farnaby. I'm I'm weirdly like up for it, but like completely in spite of the trailers, I am up for it. For the simple fact is, I'm watching it going right December. It's cold. We'll go, we'll go to Parkway. We'll go and sit and have like a mulled wine or summer in the Christmas um, oh, yeah. tent thing they have outside the cinema. We'll go into the cinema, watch Wonka, come back outside, have a drink and chat about it afterwards. And I'm kind of going, do you know what? That yeah, I'm all right with that. Yeah. Yeah. I. Oh, I, speaking of, seeing as you brought up Parkway. 
So we obviously for for a while now we've been mulling over the idea of getting rid of our Cineworld World memberships, haven't we, and getting a yeah. Parkway one instead. So, um, and then we were like, well, why don't we do it in addition for now? Because it's only like a tenner a month at Cineworld World for us because our price has gone down. Yeah. So. Mm. And then there's the whole like, well, they only show new releases in 4DX, Screen X, or Super Screen, which is just bullshit, mm. just ripping members mm. off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I, I think my Cineworld card is just having having a whale of a time still in Crete currently. <laughs> um, so, you know, I need to get a new membership card. New membership card, that'll be free. I'm a member. I pay every month. I've been a member for fucking ages. No. So I googled it and it was saying that it was going to be a tenner to replace my card. Now that's a month, that's a month's membership. And then when I went on to it, that's only if you're wanting to change details. It's actually a fiver, but still, that mm. just seems a bit. It's one of those things you probably pick up in store, but you can't add your name literally on it, doesn't it? So mm. I just think it's just really snide, like charging for a replacement card. I mean, yeah, if you're getting one every month or something, there should be a limit on how many you can get, but. I mean, don't leave your card in free. Yeah. <laughs> e- e- even if it was just like, look, we'll give you one replacement, one a year, anything yeah. more than that. If you're, if you're that careless, then we'll charge you a fiver. Mm. I think that's probably fair enough. Just seems really, like, they are not about the customer experience at all anymore. No. Oh, they haven't been for fucking years, Cineworld. No. Jesus. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm just waiting for them to go bankrupt again, to be honest. It ain't far away, I don't think, is it? It'll happen. It'll happen. Odeon and View will buy their sites and job done. Um, so, yeah, so American Fiction, looking forward to it. Wonka, looking forward to it. Um, blah, 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 blah. New Ferrari trailer. Um, yeah, looking forward to Boxing Day. Um, like, George, like, I, I put it in the boy chat, and George was like, I'm up for the film, but this trailer did nothing for me. And I, I get it, but it just, it's Michael Mann doing a film about Ferrari. Like, that's as Ian Nip as it probably gets. The thing is, what I actually quite liked about the trailer was this is, this feels a more like Mann doing something less. It looks a little bit more. It's more inside, uh, more the insider than it is, like um, black hat, black hat. Yeah, it's got more of that. This looks like it's going to be a lot of more dramatic elements to it than action elements. Mm. Yeah, and it is a weird thing that weirdly, Michael Mann. You wouldn't think about it, but he kind of is an action director. <laughs> you know. He Heat's most famous, two most famous scenes are the De Niro and um, Pacino having a coffee together. Yeah. And the bank robbery. Mm. Yeah. Which the bank robbery scene is just like people going, this is, yeah, this works. This is, this is, this is how these things look. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very up for Ferrari. But again, it's it's a new Michael Mann film that we get to watch at the cinema. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, and um, oh fuck, hang about. Uh, what have you guys got? My YouTube's uh, being a bit funny, so I can't see. Yeah. Um, Eileen. Um, uh, oh, I didn't see this. How is it? 
Anne Hathaway and Thomasine McKenzie have a bit of a just fucking weird off at each other, don't they? Yeah. Yeah? What do you think, Lex? I mean, I'll watch it because it looks super creepy, but like, I don't think the trailer's great. I think the trailer's quite good. I like the tone of it. Yeah. But it doesn't give you much. It doesn't give you much, no. But Which it, is maybe for the best, I But it, lo- it looks like it's just going to be just a little bit off. Hathaway slays as a blonde as well. <laughs> Hathaway's doing some interesting stuff at the moment. She seems to have kind of mm. taken the stick out of her ass that she had post-Oscars a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I really hope so. Um, new Napoleon trailer. Uh, it's just yeah, just very very up for Napoleon. Um, yeah, that, that that thing's going to be great, and the four hour cut's going to be even greater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just I'm just I'm looking forward to watching that in the cinema, and then going in a month's time, I get to watch the other version of this, just the longer version of it. <laughs> yeah, man. In in like five years' time, Apple are going to have such a fucking good film collection on Apple TV. Oh yeah, Plus. They, they're basically going to go. They basically go. We've got our we've got our own modern Criterion channel. <laughs> yeah, and I like the idea that Ridley Scott was like w- w- was there and went, gave Apple and went. That there you go. That's the Napoleon movie. And they've gone. All right. Is this like the like the full movie? Then this is what you want. Yeah, go on then. And then they look. All right, cool. He's gone. But actually, we'll just release that one if you want. Nah, that ain't the way Ruby rolls. <laughs> Director's cut, baby. <laughs> and then just, I like the idea that the next next time what Ridley Scott's going to do is he's, he's going to release the Director's cut first and then cut shit out of it afterwards. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, I, it, it's, I, I like the fact that, I, 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 I just, I feel like it's been fucking ages since we've just had, like, an historical epic, historical epic of this kind. Yeah, uh, of like really big scale battles and big acting and like I, I I just feel like that's something like made for adults. It feels like that's been missing for a a while. Yeah, you know, like. Maybe I don't know. Like, was the last one really Scott doing Ex- Exodus Gods and Kings? It could have been. Like, I'm, I'm saying historical with bunny ears with that. But, but, but yeah, but that was actually better than anyone gave it credit for. Yeah, that cool. film kind of fucking slaps. Yeah. actually, it was. And the thing is, I, I saw an, uh, a clip of an interview with um, Russell Crowe, mm. and they were talking to him about his relationship with Ridley Scott and, and Gladiator. And he was saying that, like, on the first day of Gladiator, uh, of shooting Gladiator, he said that, that that he was in all like the the he said I'm I'm there and I'm in all like the you know the full outfit and everything like that. He said it's the opening of the movie. He said and Ridley came up to me and said, "I want you to look in the distance, and I want you to be like intense and about to do battle, and then I want like a bird or something to catch your eye." And I just want you to just look at it, watch it for a little bit, give it a bit of a smile, and then just turn back round and just go back into battle face. And he was like, and Russ Crowe said, "All right, yeah, all right." You know, he said, "You know, I was like, just really excited about working with Ridley really Scott." He said, and we did this like all day. We just did this this same shot all day. 
he said everyone is going can we just try it like this can we just try it like this he's like, he's like yeah yeah he, went, he said, said it wasn't like said, it, it was just really just getting used to the rhythms of how I would work he said, and then he came up to me at the end of it and went me and you are going to make so many great films together <laughs> and then wandered off I said and he just went uh, I just watched this guy walk off and went oh man I've just got a career <laughs> <laughs> And it's just, yeah, it was the just glee of looking like Russell Crowe's face when he was saying it. You could just tell he was like, he was excited mm. about talking about the guy that he's worked with loads. That 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 reminds me as well. Um, so I was reading, um, I was reading Total Film because it's like part of Apple News Plus. So I thought, fuck it, yeah, I'll read Total Film, and they had this big Ridley Scott piece. And they had like a short bit with Denzel Washington. He was talking about Gladiator 2 and his character. He plays like a ex-gladiator who basically like won his freedom and just basically becomes an arms dealer. And that, yes. Do I want to see Denzel Washington playing an ex-gladiator who becomes like a fucking Roman Empire arms dealer? Yes. Y- yes, I do. That's it, yeah. I, I, I yes. keep forgetting he's in Gladiator 2. Um, and then remembering or seeing something about it and going, fuck, Gladiator 2 is going to be fucking good, isn't it? That, that film is going to rule so hard and it is going to make so much money. Mm. Yeah. I, I, fucking hell, Fred's in it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking Freddy's in it. Nice. Uh, what was Barry Keoghan in it and then recast, or was a role recast with Barry Keoghan? No, he was in it, um, and then uh, the role changed, so he got uh, cast out of it. Mm, uh, which I, Barry Keoghan's apparently been really like, you know, these things change. You know, there was no falling out or anything like that. He said, but I did get really fucking ripped for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and and yeah, like Paul Meskell, there was some um, footage of him at the um, the Ireland Rugby, Rugby World Cup game over the weekend, and like his fucking arms are mm. huge, mm. and it, 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 it like that it that physical transformation is gonna be interesting because mm. that that dude hasn't really played stocky, no, so you know like. I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking forward to that just as much as I am looking forward to him and Andrew Scott having apparently relatively graphic gay sex in all of us strangers. I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like. Yep, I think we are there. Um, it, yeah, yeah. Any so all the trailers. We've yeah, got. just yeah. Really, I'm, I'm sorry. I just <laughs> really, really, really fucking looking forward to Napoleon. Like that is. That is going to be like, I'm just going to... It's like Killers of the Flower Moon. It's just like, I'm just going to fucking luxuriate in this. And like Napoleon, like Killers of the Flower Moon, is getting like IMAX engagements and shit like that as well. Like Apple and their distribution partners are going so fucking hard on releasing these films. It's great. It's, I, I, I wish Netflix made this effort. Yeah, fuck. And it's that thing of, if we've got, we've got a year, where not even that, we've got a six-month period where we're going to have had a new Nolan, a new Fincher, a new Ridley Scott, a new Ridley Scott epic, and a new Scorsese. I mean, it's bonkers that. <laughs> and it, it's and like literally, 
I, 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 I genuinely think the killer will play somewhere around you guys. Yeah. So it, and assuming it does, it's literally new Scorsese and new Fincher within two weeks. Yeah. Which is just ah. Oh. I I I honestly I'd be I would be surprised if it didn't play like the Parkway or something like that because it sounds like the kind of place that would like ha, do do I mean I don't know do any cinemas around you guys like tend to actually play like Netflix films? Yeah, well, I saw the Grey Man at Parkway. Yeah, there you go. Then there you go. Then so I think there's every chance the killer plays there. Yep. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see if, if I can see it at the cinema. I definitely fucking will for sure. Um, and if if you can't, I'll non-spoiler what I've been watching and then we'll do a full review two weeks after when it's on Netflix. Yep. Any other trailers from anyone? No? Right. I'm just... Again, I just like... If I can actually do Five Nights at Freddy's and The Killer as a double bill at the cinema, <laughs> I will be very happy. <laughs> Is it Five Nights at Freddy's next week? Next week. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. Yeah. Even though that fucker, that fucker is also on Peacock in the US. Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm, that's interesting. Um, Which, yeah, it's weird that. Uh, right. Shall we? Shall we review a film? Shall we review a film? Yeah. Yeah. I we- think that was it for traders. Can I actually? Can I? Can I just um, say very quickly that. Oppenheimer's 4K got uh, announced yesterday. Mm-hmm. Comes out in November, mm-hmm. and there is a featurette on the 4K about um, how it was like they the, the innovation of shooting black and white 65 millimeter. And may I just say that I feel like uh, Mr. Nolan has incepted me and gone right that's what that's that's what i want can, can i just say it, I, I actually think that we should feature review the the, the, the special features of Oppenheimer. i mean I, me and you i'm sure yeah. we're not against that i'm sure becky's like yeah i might sit that one out but i'm i've I, dude i'm i'm the guy who did a commentary for the cat's commentary i am more than fucking up for and I, I didn't like, yeah. And I did a commentary through all the cat's special features as well. Yep, you did. So I, I am, I God, fucking COVID times, man. So <laughs> I am more than up for that. That disc actually does look pretty stacked. fucking stacked, but I'm like good really stacked, not just pretty, like yeah. It's here for it, it's here so we can have another line. Because the the documentary on the Tenet disc is is cracking. It's about an hour long and it's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, good on good on Nolan. He's doing it right. All we need now is for the actor strike to be resolved, so then it can be announced that Chris Nolan's doing the next Bond movie. Yeah. I just I need it. Him or Villeneuve. I prefer Nolan. I'll take either. Let's go. Let's fucking hit it hard. And the thing is, if it's it does appear like if it's Nolan, it's Aaron Taylor Johnson as Bond as well. I I take I I take it. I take that. I I I'd fucking take Joe Pasquale as Bond if Nolan was directing it. <laughs> Could you go? Well, if it's Villeneuve, it's Chalamet. <laughs> oh, no. No. And I like Chalamet. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure yeah, about yeah. that. That'd be, that'd be funny though, wouldn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> totally killer <laughs> is oh. Directed uh, by 
Nantaka Khan. I'm going to go with that. I'd say Nantachka. Nantachka? Yeah. I mean, you've I, got a CH in there. If I, yeah, I know, but I, I don't think soft. I think it could, be, it could be a soft one. I'm not sure. Khan. Um, and stars, people. Who's it star? Um, Kiernan Shipka. Oliver, Olivia Holt. Um, who else? Other people are in it. Randall Park. Randall there. Park's in that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah a couple what, of scenes. What's it about? When the infamous Sweet 16 killer returns 35 years after his first murder spree to claim another victim, 17-year-old Jamie accidentally travels back in time to 1987, determined to stop the killer before he can start again. What a prick. Um, Ian, what do you hmm. think to Totally Killer? I thought it was fucking fun. Um, it's don't get me wrong; it's not an absolute barnstormer. It's not going to be in my top ten of the year. Um, it felt like a lesser version of if Happy Death Day and Back to the Future had an optimal baby. But um, I, I had a, I had a really decent time with it. To be fair, um, enjoyed the. Uh, running joke about blowjobs um for that even even though at the start it's, I was a little bit worried at the start because it was like a Blumhouse television production or like BHTV production or something And it, but I thought that it had enough going for it visually to make it seem maybe a bit more than a TV episode you know, like I, it, I thought the lead was charming. Um, I like the fact that this film is just like, oh, a friend invented a time machine. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna go with that. There's no, uh, yeah, no massive questioning. It's just accepted. I, and, uh, I uh, did really like that. The fact that, that that the friend is just making a time machine, and it's just there's nothing else mentioned. It's just a perfectly normal thing to be happening. But then there's nothing else extraordinary within the movie. Mm. Yeah, and uh, you know, and then like as soon as that happened, I I I just kind of keyed into it. Like so, I I think I I was just on its wavelength. Yeah, I I I thought I thought this was a good time. I mean, like I say, it's a lesser Happy Death Day. It's definitely a lesser Back to the Future. But I enjoyed it. I'd watch another one. Becky. What did you think to Totally Killer? Yeah, very similar, to be fair. I um, I had a really, really good time with it. I, I thought it was... It, it was just really fun. Um, same comparison mm. as, as you've made, Ian. It, it, it's very much in the vein of your Happy Death Day kind of movies. Um, I think... It's... Yeah, I, I, I like Kane and Shipka. I wish she'd kind of do more that isn't Teenage Witch related, but... Um, oh, is she the Sabrina girl? Yeah, yeah. Right. Because um, I think she's I think she's quite quite a good sort of screen presence. She's got quite a good charisma for it, and it's a little bit wasted in, in that, but she's not really broken through into anything really big yet, film-wise. Um, but yeah, I think it's all it's all set up really well. It's light-hearted. Um, I think the what's it that the stuff with like the, the the back in time stuff. It's 
it's very much kind of nostalgia pawning, but in a fun way. Like it knows it's doing it, rather than it. Like with Stranger Things, sometimes it's just a bit like, oh yeah, we get it. It's the fucking eighties. But with this, it was like it was going, oh my god, look, look at this. And it was. Would you say it in it. a similar way to Hot Tub Time Machine? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah, you, you, that's another good comparison, actually. It is, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I had a really, really good time with it. I mean, I'm going to start off the bat straight away and say it's not as good as Hot Tub Time Machine. Well, nothing it's is, not. really, is Very it? few things are. Let's be honest. Um, I, I think I enjoyed it probably less than you two. <laughs> um, it's, I thought it was a little bit too long. Um, it got a little bit baggy at the point. Um... I do love the, the, the genius friend, though, that they just don't really... She's just a genius friend. Yeah. A genius mother who makes a time machine. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's just, like Ian said, it's so understated. Yes. I I, I enjoyed it overall. It's, it's a premise that's been done to death. It's not done in an original way, but it doesn't matter you can do things that aren't original as long as you make them good. <laughs> and this yeah. is... It, it's good. It's its fun. And as I think we say an awful, awful lot when we're talking about um, straight-to-streaming things, is had I gone to the cinema to see this, um, would I have been disappointed? Would I have thought, well, this is a this is a stream movie that you're showing me? Mm. And I, I'd have been perfectly fine with watching this at the cinema. Yeah. Um, it's... It, it, it's fun enough to know what it is and the performances are all quite charming. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, the one the thing I think I most like about Happy Death Day is Jessica Roth and her character arc, mm. you know, where you see her turn from this absolute fucking bitch mm. into this girl that you're just willing to get through it all and like she's got drive in her she's got fight in her and she kind of learns to appreciate the people around her and you know this doesn't have that you know there's there's like there's a bit of she doesn't really get on with her mum but then um like i don't know spoiler for the opening 10 minutes of totally we're all spoilers all the time yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like, so, and uh, her mum's then like killed at the, the basically like the opening ten minutes of the film. Um, which, which, and then it's which did you expect? Because I, so I did. I, I as yeah, soon as I yeah, saw well, it, no, it, was, yeah, I, I, it was yeah. Julie Bowen. I was like, oh, she's gonna die in the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah, she's not gonna be around for long. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but it, 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 you know, so, but then immediately it's like, oh well, shit. I regret that. I regret, like, you know, she's mourning her mum and. There's not really much of an arc there, and that's where Happy Death Day, I think, kind of elevates itself mm. in this kind in this kind of like tier of films. And then Happy Death Day to you, just the fact that it goes off in just a straight up sci-fi direction and introduces all these other elements, I, I, I think is really interesting as well. Totally killer. It's like definitely got sci-fi elements. I mean, it's not supernatural; it's sci-fi, um, but it just. It's a, it, you know, it's a, it's at a level, and I don't think it ever goes above that level. But I don't think it ever goes below that level. It just remains consistently three to three point five out of five all the way through. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that because it, it's an entertaining 
three and a half, three to three and a half out of five yeah. um, with, with it. So it's got some fun enough kills. Um, it's it, it, it's her kind of fish out of water thing. Um, isn't overplayed too much. Yeah, because it's one of those things, though, isn't it? Like when you watch like time travel movies, and it takes them far too long to be able to operate within the time frame. Yeah, it's like no, you're a human being, and you can you can read social cues. You wouldn't be that bad at it. Yeah, for that long, like she's just obviously quite. Oh shit! Right, okay, I'm here now. Mm. I suppose the difference with some time travel movies is that people don't know what the fuck's gone on, whereas she's. She knows she's gone in a time machine. Yeah. And she knows she's gone back to this time frame. Um, the fact that she keeps calling her mum is quite funny, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she can't quite get used to that. Um, but, yeah. I thought the young version of her mum was, was ace as well. I would be friends with that girl. She's a total bitch, and I love that. It's like being friends with <laughs> She was like Isabel. Yeah, 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 a little Just bit. a real judgmental of a person. <laughs> it's an absolute piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, it's it's a fun movie. I would watch another one for sure. I don't think it needs another one though. It doesn't need one, no. But um, you, you could see it happening for sure. Mm. Oh God, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Happy Death Day didn't need one, and then. To you, just comes out and spins it in a completely different direction. And now it, 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 no, it needs another one that will happen. Ugh, don't. I can't believe there's a mid fucking credits in Happy Death Day to you. They were that confident, and then it just kind of shit the beds that badly. Yeah, such a shit. So annoying. It's so annoying. Um, but yeah, yeah, no. I mean, it, it's um. I don't know the thing. I watched it over a week ago now, so my my memory is maybe fading on it slightly. But it, it's it, it's it's funny, like the whole subplot of trying to make like trying to make sure that, that, that like her mum and dad don't fuck too early. <laughs> like, she fails. That, yeah, yeah, and then and then that like the kind of like the ripples that that has at the end, like that 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 was brilliant. Well, like the gay the brother, end, like Colette or something. Yeah, 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 Correct, yeah. Because yeah, they call they call her brother whatever her name Jamie. was, like Jamie or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, and and, and it, yeah, I thought that was great. Mm. But um, I think also as well the, the 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 fun bit was the fact that it, and this I, I, I it probably has been done, but I can't remember it having been done previously in a time travel movie where you, the in the in the current time period you're yeah. seeing the changes the that have happened changes. Yeah, yeah. so like the, the, mm. the guy who's doing the podcast is like how did I get this wrong Yeah, you know I've got this wrong all the time but this, this doesn't seem right and it's like these bits are changing but everything's still the same there mm. it's, that, that was, that was an, an interesting little yeah. different take on these things I'll uh, tell you what else I enjoyed actually you know like her friend's mum Yeah. how unsurprised she was about it she was like well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm working on time travel. I'm really clever, so I assume I'll get it at some point. I, I was expecting <laughs> Yeah, I just I, I assume somebody... From, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I walked all over that. Sorry. No, no, Yeah, no. But, like, even, like, the, uh, you know, oh, what happened is she looks and goes, ah, oh, the knife must have acted as, like, an extra conductor. Yeah. <laughs> just, there was the nonchalant way all that kind of came yeah. together. I, I, I did dig that. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, because the thing is, like, people don't react. Right, my brain's saying bigly, and I know bigly's not a word, but people don't react bigly to things very often. Like, they'll just yeah. go, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's a bit, bit, bit weird, but fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Bigly. What's the, what's the real word? Enormity. <laughs> sure. <laughs> But I mean, it's 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 yeah. But I I don't know. It's like try if you actually think about Wi-Fi, <laughs> how Wi-Fi works. Yeah, it, it shouldn't make, make sense. any fucking sense. No, it no, and it doesn't make sense. No. But you accept it because it's there. Yeah, and it's what the simulation are telling you. This is this is it. Don't try to understand it. <laughs> That's what Totally Killer is also doing, and I respect it. Yeah. Um... And a definitely not shit on it. Yeah, definitely not shit. Really. A, a very easy definitely yeah, not shit 100%. as well. Yeah. I will definitely watch this again. I probably will as well. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, I could see me I could see me especially if a, a second one comes out, I could see me re watching this for sure. Yeah. I'll probably wrap it up in a weekend when I'm in the mood for like Happy Death Day, that one with Vince Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Freaky. Freaky, Freaky. Yeah. and this. It's all in the same kind of Fun sci-fi horror thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, our audience poll. Uh, definitely shit 67% uh, and touching cloth 33%. Okay. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. CS3P Combat. Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I've ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. Also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. Just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Should we do some what we've been watching? Or what we've been up to? Sure. Becky, what have you been up to? Well, I've been watching an awful lot of The Fall of the House of Usher, which I finished last night. You finished it? Yeah. Ooh, how's that? It starts off really strong and it finishes really strong. It's a little bit baggy in the middle. So. You have to try and be a little bit spoiler free, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, it's it's not. It's not just a direct adaptation of the fall of the House of Usher. It it wraps in, it folds in a lot of other Poe works as um not again direct adaptations, but um as like interpretations, I guess, um into the story, and then it all kind of comes together at the end. But 
if if you're taking the pinnacle of Mike Flanagan's TV work, which for me is is by an absolute mile, the Haunting of Hill House. What that does is it kind of it does the same thing where it goes around events a few times and then it all pulls together but it it's like a real kind of um like an epiphany i guess at the end of the movie where you realize that all all the repercussions of things that have been done throughout bits that you've seen um out of context when you realize them in context it, it it it's it is it's like a revelation whereas with this, I think it doesn't... For, for an eight-episode series, for it to have a baggy middle is kind of unforgivable for me. Like, you've not got enough episodes there to be baggy. Um, the characters also... I mean, they're all absolute pieces of shit, so I don't think you're supposed to care for them. But I think you need to have enough development to care what happens to them so not necessarily to be like oh that's real sad that that happened but to be like oh i'm really glad that that happened because they were a piece of shit they're just they're just there's just not enough there for me um i, I don't know i, I will rewatch it because i think the ending it is one that will benefit from going rewatching it knowing the ending um but i was a bit disappointed it's it's just that middle section for me it just really lets it down um one thing i did quite like though was the so there's loads of flanagan regulars in it um abra Mm. out of doctor he's 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 basically just he's basically got like a almost like a set cast for these now does he not Pretty much, yeah. He's got his stable that he picks from. Um, obviously, Mark Hamill is in this, which he's not previously been part of the Flanniverse, but um, mm. but yeah, I think I think most of the others have been the two main grown-up ushers. I don't think have been in any of his other stuff though. Um, but all of the siblings, I think, have. Um, but yeah, so there's a girl that plays Juno in this who is Roderick Crush's wife and like stepmother to all of the siblings, but she's really young. Um, but she's also in Midnight Club and I really didn't like her in Midnight Club, but she really fucking knocks it out of the park in this. She's really, really good. Well, Bruce Greenwood's working up the hotel, mm. isn't he? Has he? Yeah. Do you want to get him, is he? Oh yes, of course, yeah. I don't even another one with him, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Is it not um, sleep? I'm thinking TV. The rest of them are TV ones. Um, Stop thinking TV. Raul Corley in his You'll Never Walk Alone sweatshirt is like a nice little treat. Um, I mean, it's, the thing is, I'm, I think I had such high hopes for it that that, that that middle section where it's just... Stuff happens too quick, I guess. Like the, there's no build to what's happening. But yeah, overall, I liked it. The ending and the beginning make up for the the bag of few episodes in the middle. Overall, it's good. I just wish it was strong throughout. 
Oh, and what's it? Um, God, what's her name? Carla Gugino. Carla Gugino's fucking mint in it. But that goes without saying. Yeah. Is she the is she does she is she the one who has the creepy smile yeah. in like the promotional shot for it? Yeah, I thought that was her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she she's fucking ace in it. Yeah, I've been umming and ahhing about like seeing if Donna fancies watching this because it's like on her Netflix. It's like the big this is recommended to you, mm. but she hasn't watched any of the Flanagans, even though she'll read like she she'll read that kind of stuff all day long, but not 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 necessarily watch it because it's a bit creepy. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, okay, interesting. How how long are the episodes roughly? An hour. They're an hour, aren't they? It's, yeah. it's pretty sad. I think the last one's a bit longer, isn't it? But it's not like no. two, not like two and a half hours. He 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 doesn't really fuck with the whole Stranger Things model of we can just make them however long we want. Yeah, the last one's an yeah. hour and sixteen. Oh yeah, but, but not like, like miles. Not like what is it? But yeah, the rest of them all clock in between sort of fifty eight minutes and an hour and one minute. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Cool. It's good. How is she with Gory? Not great. Mm. Oh, <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I like. I don't know. I'm. I'm kind of tempted by this though. Like, if Don doesn't want to watch it, I might. I yeah. It yeah. is good, and the okay, way that cool. all the threads pull together, and the the Carla Gugino of it all comes into it at the end is. It's good. It's well handled. So. Okay, so what's what's he done for Netflix then? So he's done Haunting of Hill House, um, Bly Manor, yeah, uh, Midnight Club, yeah, Midnight Mass, Midnight. Yeah, I knew there was another Midnight one, and the Fall of the House of Usher. Yeah. yeah. So what's 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 your ranking? What from lowest to highest? Yeah. Uh, Midnight Club, Midnight Mass, Bly Manor, House of Usher, Hill House. Is that high to low? That was low, low to, to high. high. Yeah. Okay. Hill House right. is like far and away the best one that he's done. Bly Manor and House of Usher are probably they they could interchangeably be second and third. Mid- yeah. Midnight Mass would be the next one down. Then Midnight Club. Midnight Clubs. Midnight Club feels like it was building to something that never happened because it got cancelled. Oh, what? So that wasn't just like a, a purposeful one-off? No, I, I believe the intention oh. was, and I think that was quite pivotal in his decision to leave Netflix. Right, I bet it was. Because Midnight Club is, is based on a series of books. Well, that's it. He's got a weird amount of freedom, doesn't he, with... Amazon, mm. where he can basically, isn't it sort of like he's got like, he's got like a ridiculous amount of money to make four projects, but they can be whatever he wants. <laughs> they can be TV, they can be films, they can be documentaries. Mm. I think I read as well that he's got something written in that they can't just cancel it. No, yeah, he, he can. If he pitches, he pitches for X amount of seasons and he yeah. gets them regardless. Yeah, it's bonkers. And he's got something like 500 million to play with. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess something... I, I love Bly Manor. It's just a little bit more saccharine than... Oh, no. Do you know what? I think the reason that Bly Manor is it could be second or third is because it makes me fucking cry and I don't like that it has that power over me. <laughs> 
it just will make me cry. Oh wow! Okay. Have you you've watched Hill House, though, haven't you? Who me? Mm. No. Oh really? Donna and I watched like ten minutes of the first episode, then we fell asleep drunk and never went back to it. Oh, Ian, it's so good. Is that the one that's got the the, the episode that's one shot? One shot. I don't know. Like, oh, okay, all right. No, yeah, I mean that's the uh, yeah. I don't know. I, like I say, I'm kind of umming and ahhing about about these because I, I I feel like it's content that I would enjoy. Yeah. And um, yeah. You just gotta get over I've your just... TV, anti-TV snobbery. Fuck you. <laughs> um, I've just, I've just um, sent something to you guys that I'd, I'd like to discuss. That's kind of like um, related to this, and I think it's potentially very Becky nip. So in the in the WhatsApp, I've sent it. So um, there is a Silent Hill interactive TV project launching. Um, like on Halloween, Silent Hill Ascension, hmm. which is an interactive streaming series where viewers will be able to steer the story through real-time decisions made through the series' website and through apps available through the App Store and Google Play. But then they're also going to package up, almost like an EastEnders omnibus, they're going to package up like um, the... the, the it, it, every week like the 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 running story and like which is influenced through the p- people's decisions like at the time um and they're going to put it on the sony pictures core app on ps4 ps5 sony televisions and some smartphones so like every week you can just watch essentially an interactive silent hill tv series and apparently it's going to be like every week for at least six months. <laughs> wow. Fine. Yeah. I mean, I, Bex, that sounds like something you should get on. That sounds fucking great. Yeah, I've, I've sent I've sent you the link to the the Polygon article. There's like links to like more information and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking through it now. I, I think that's I think that sounds pretty good. It does. Love it. Um. So yeah, yeah. There you go. So enjoy that as well. Will do. Thank you. <laughs> um. What else have you been up to? So. Uh, I didn't watch much in Exorcist Week. The only um, thing I did do was I rewatched the 2022 Hellraiser movie. Um, still really fucking like it. The monster design's great. Um, can't remember the name of Pinhead, but nails it. Um, Pinhead, isn't it? Jamie something. Hey. Pinhead, isn't it? No, the a- actor that does it. Um, Jamie, I want to say Clayton, but is that like a character name from something? I th- I I swear that sounds right. Jamie yeah, Clayton. Clayton, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, real really good pinhead, but all all of the Cenobites are are good in it. Really, yeah, really like it. Like how it expands on the um, uh, what do you call it? The the lore of the puzzle box and everything. Um, so yeah. And then this week I have 
obviously been mostly watching House of Usher. Um, but I did also on my own watch oh Dead Man's Shoes today, and I started nice. watching some else. But I'll talk about that next week. But yeah, Dead Man's Shoes is is. It's just real sad. It's very sad. It's it, it's one of those weird ones, from what I remember, is it's kind of quite bittersweet, funny, but really yeah. fucking sad. I think it, it it's quite unique in how it plays its violence as well. Like it's not it's just it's just things that happen. It's not it's not played for um sensation. It's just mm. like when he shoots that guy in the head puts a bag over his head first so you don't get any blood splash or anything like that there's no it's not it's not going here look how gory this is he's just systematically going around and killing the people that mm. did a bad thing I think you can spoil a movie that's 20 years old Bex contributed to the death of his mentally ill brother Um. so yeah really really fucking good film it's one that I don't go back to very often although I think it's fantastic because it's not a particularly pleasant watch no no i've not watched it for a good number of years for that particular reason i will say it it didn't it didn't feel as bad as i think it has done previously no it's a very interesting career as well i think paddy considine you know um um and it was is it good director as well tony kebble Tony Kebble, yeah. Plays his brother, doesn't he? Yeah. It's his first film. Was it? Yeah. Jeez. I was just going to say, I'm never going to watch Dead Man's Shoes ever again. I've watched it a couple of times. It's one of those films, kind of spoken in the past about there are films that I know I'm kind of like leaving in the rear view because I just can't deal with them as I get older. Yeah. Dead Man's Shoes, I think, is one of them. I, I, I can absolutely see why. I don't. I don't think I'll watch it again. No, that's fair. I think watching it off the back of watching our second main review, though, was it was particularly striking the change in filmmaking, and it's something that's been really bothering me this year. And we'll get to it when we get to our other main review. But it's just the, the humanity in it. Like it feels, they feel like real people. Mm. You know, it, it feels like real people's reactions to things. It's not doesn't. It's not performative. Like it when I don't know when films stopped capturing scenarios as they would realistically play out with real people and just made them what would happen if just fucking dickheads were in those scenarios. Mm. you know it's mm. um, and then I, I read some books on holiday um, got a little bit obsessed with um, Murakami's Kafka on the shore to the point where I was staying up until like two, half two in the morning reading it Yeah. Um, it's honestly if I could if I could make that into a chemical formula and inject it into my veins the way that book makes me feel and the way that his books in general make me feel, I would I would I wouldn't be a functioning member of society anymore, I don't think. Um absolutely fucking masterful. And I, I just want to fill my bookshelves with his entire 
fucking thing and I need somebody to translate his newest one into English so that I can read that as well. Um, really good. Um, on a slightly less positive note, I really, really tried hard to read Dune. Again. Again. <laughs> while we were on holiday. That book takes itself far too fucking seriously. When you have to have a glossary in the back of your novel because you're going to make it all fucking stupid fucking words. No. Yeah, no, fuck that for a novel. Absolutely. Wow, we. Yeah. And I, I will get to the end of that book, but I got, I got to a point. I, I told Laurie, you off. Mark told me off. So, and I just decided I wasn't letting it ruin my no. holiday anymore. Yeah. Because I wasn't enjoying it. The, the first three days, Becky tried to get through most of June. You got quite a bit of it read, didn't you? I'm like two thirds of the way. And, and, and you get through it, and I was like, and then you, but we, were, we were going for a walk at one point, and you were saying, just I'm, I'm not enjoying it so like, will you stop reading on holiday then because mm. you enjoy reading on holiday and now you're reading a book that you aren't enjoying just to get through it because fucking nerds have done it no it isn't that do you know what? i really wanted to read it and enjoy it and then read the rest of them because i think it I builds quite a good universe but it it's it's needlessly complex and needlessly over descriptive and needlessly uses made up words you can be all of those things but you can't then introduce made up words because once you start doing that you're going oh hang on a minute you are literally doing literal wizards did it Mm. (laughs) i can't think of something i can't think of something that correctly describes this thing so i'm just gonna fucking make it up Mm. nah fuck off I tried reading it 30 years ago and thought it was bollocks. Yeah, but you don't, you can't read. I'm I can read, read and I can't read Dune. I read half a book on holiday. I have read it since a little bit as well. Have you actually? Yeah, I have actually. Um, and I also read I Am Legend. I Am Legend is startlingly different from the film. So, right, I'm going to jump in a little bit here. So Becky spent three days and read, what did you say, two thirds? Two thirds of Dune. And I already started it before we went. And you started it before we went and hated pretty much all of you <laughs> the time you were doing it. You hate read something. Eventually I convinced her on a walk in the morning after we'd gone for breakfast. We went for a bit of a wander, didn't we? Mm. Um, on the way back, I said, just don't, just stop reading it and just read the Murakami or I Am Legend. And you started reading I Am Legend, didn't you? How long did it take you to read I Am Legend? Half a day. <laughs> nice. So you finished I Am Legend by the end of that day, hadn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Really good as a book. I enjoyed the film when we watched it. It's very different though. Yeah. Like the the dog is is I mean, spoiler alert for a really old book, I guess. But the dog is a side note. Like, Literally. It's there for maybe ten pages. It's not like his companion. He sees a stray dog, decides he wants a companion, and tries to tempt it to come into his house with food. Eventually, notices it's injured, catches it, takes it into his house, and it dies. Yeah, that's very different. Yeah, very different. It's not his mate. My book. And all the stuff in the movie, like with the mannequins and stuff like that, and about him trying, like talking to stuff to kind of keep himself sane. The stuff about him being a doctor, the stuff about him experimenting on them and trying to like cure them. None of that's in it. It's completely different. It's Dash Mihawk in it. Dash Mihawk is not in it. 
Um, but one of his neighbours, right, is like the main the main um, vampire oh. that's torched, like tormenting him, and he just stands outside his house and shouts his name every night. <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It's Get in at him, but he just stands there and shouts his name. What's his name? That's really good. Uh, hang on. Sorry. <laughs> Can't remember his name now. I've, I've, I've been to Murakami and House of Ushered Up since. Uh, I am. What virgin. What have you been up to, Ian? <laughs> uh, oh, man. Sorry. I just need to. Um... Oh, fuck's sake. How do I do that? Uh, no, that is helpful as well. Sorry. Um, Sue. Neville. Neville. Summit Neville. Um, come out, Neville! I... <laughs> so, what I've been up to. So, yeah, I was in Portugal. Um, I'm going to very briefly talk about um, my um, golf experience. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, golf can get in the fucking bin. Yep. Fuck golf. Fuck getting good at golf. Went to a driving range with my father-in-law and my brother-in-law. And my father-in-law was fucking loving, like, educating us. And I was loving watching him fucking swing a golf club. It was a thing of beauty. That guy knows how to swing a golf club. And he was literally, like, filming us in slow-mo. Like, taking a shot. And then analysing it and going right, you need to, you need to be bending your knees more, or you need to be positioning your fo- your left foot a little bit like more inward, and blah, blah, blah. so I felt bad for him because it was just like I hit like two hundred golf balls on this driving range, and every now and then. I'd hit an absolute pearl, pearler and it would just be in the sweet spot. And I get that, like, you need to practice and, you know, really, like, hone your craft with this kind of stuff. But holy fucking shit, is it frustrating trying to hit a golf ball right? Absolutely. I do not have the time for it. And my, my father-in-law, Carl, very, like, very just, yeah, all right, Fair enough, you know it's it's not for everyone, and that was lovely, and I felt bad for him because he was he was really into it, but nah, mate, nah. And the thing is, we did this driving range, and then we uh, we played around a mini golf, and the course that we went on was one of the most frustrating patches of land I've ever been on. Um. It was just absolute hell, and Donna was like, like the whole family, like extended family, was playing it. And Donna, like after a while, bless her, was just like, "Yeah, just give me the maximum stroke limit. What is it? Seven? Yeah, seven. I can't be asked. I'm just gonna sit down, you know, Good just girl. like Lot of respect it, for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and just, just absolutely not. No, I respect golfers a great deal because you've got a Fuck me, you've got to hone your craft and I bet you've got to have the fucking patience of a saint. Just absolutely fucking not. 
So that's my review of golf. golf. <laughs> um, do, you know what's, um, do you know what's better than golf, though? Not golf? Mm. I mean, everything, but also crazy golf. I do like crazy that's golf. That's my limit on golf. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, just, I, I don't want to play real golf. I want to play golf that has fucking that, that you have to knock it into a shitter that has fucking dildos on the wall. Absolutely, I don't even want to. I'd, I'd quite like to be good at pool, which is basically golf on a table. But like, it, I hate the fact that I'm not good at it, so I just won't do it. Yes, your competitive nature. It will allow kicks me to in, lose. doesn't it? No, that that's that's the thing. My dad ran pubs, so I have played an awful lot of pool in my time so i i like i think now i even now i think i could give someone a good run for their money in a game of pool yeah but yeah but n- golf absolutely fucking not so that there, there you go but golf. uh did some body but i did do some bodyboarding and i quite enjoyed that <laughs> nice. um so okay uh then um also I'm going to talk a little bit about an audiobook that will then segue into a film. So, I listened to Number Goes Up by uh, Zeke Fawkes, which is a um, a look at the world of crypto. So, it's uh, Number Goes up, Go Up in oh, Number Go Up Inside Crypto's Wild Rise and Staggering Fall. So Zeke Four is a uh, reporter for Bloomberg, and um, it, it, like basically, the whole raison d'être of this book is someone convince me that crypto actually means anything, and it's brilliant because every few chapters or so, he's just like all these people that I'm interviewing and all these places I'm going to, they're absolutely convinced. And I just don't fucking get it. I like I don't understand it. And by the end, it kind of climaxes with Sam Bankman Freed, the um the the FTX guy is currently on trial. Um and like him interviewing him and basically going it, it, like essentially the last line of the book is almost like Yeah, I still don't get it. I I, and, I actually saw an interview with this guy, um because so the name rang a bell um, with him and um, it wasn't an interview. It was more like a um, a conversation, a recorded conversation between him and um, Ben McKenzie. Sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I think we, we, they were talking about Ben McKenzie was talking about his book, and he was talking about his book, and they were talking about like and and, and for context, Ben McKenzie, ex star of the OC, is now one of the preeminent like reporters. Mm. About how crypto is a sham. Yeah, well, I, I actually I do want to read his book, Easy Money, Cryptocurrency, and the, uh, the Casino Capitalism and the Golden Age of Fraud. Uh, but he wrote about it. And he is actually a... Um, he has a finance master's degree as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ben McKenzie, he's a very, very smart man. And it was just... It, I, was just yeah. I mentioned it because it, it was a really interesting conversation these two guys were having, where it, it was like... The guy you're talking about was kind of coming at it from a more of an open-minded, you know, I don't agree with it, but I want to see why people do. And Ben McKenzie was going, it's all bollocks. <laughs> and it, But it's honestly, it's all bollocks. Mm. Like, that's, that's the conclusion that you come to with this, yeah. where 
lit it's the power of crypto is purely in groupthink. Well, that's it. Ben McKenzie kept, kept saying, it's a Ponzi scheme. There's no getting away from it. It is. Mm. It, it's abs- absolutely wild. This book is really, really frustrating. It's really fucking fascinating. And it's really funny at times as well. Like, some of the people that he experiences, it is wild. But not just like crypto bros. It's like there's this um, person um, who's doing an auction of NFTs for Christie's talking about how NFTs rep- are, are like almost like today's equivalent of before Jesus Christ and after Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it's just like, what? It's, what? It's, just, it's, it's say the most sensationalist thing that your dumbass brain can think of. I, it's staggering. It is staggering. So, but I mean, it is a great listen. It's about 10 hours long and it's just a wonderful listen. So, but it's also really fucking infuriating at times and upsetting some of the stories about people have been hit by it. But it it's a really good listen. So, in it, at one point, he talks about Michael Lewis, um, who is an author who has uh, also recently uh, released Going Infinite, which is a um, uh, a book about Sam Bankman Freed. Which I, I downloaded on Audible before I'd read the reviews because Michael Lewis wrote The Big Short, Big Short yeah. and he wrote Moneyball, mm. if I remember correctly. He did Moneyball, Moneyball yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And he <laughs> is getting. And he wrote the true version of The Blind Side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's getting absolutely pilloried at the moment. And it actually, like, in the audiobook, it's talking about Michael Lewis interviewing Sam Bankman Freed. And just how softball the questions are, and how it's it's fawning. I think he describes it as. And Michael Lewis is getting a lot of shit. And it, like Sam Bankman Freed is on trial at the moment. And Michael Lewis basically said, "I think juries need to read my book to get a real understanding of who Sam Bankman Freed is." He seems to have fully drunk the Kool Aid on Sam Bankman Freed, who is one of the most obvious. Yeah, he did it, people <laughs> of all time, when it comes to corporate fraud. Yeah. Um, so, when I was on holiday, I watched The Big Short. Yep. And no, it, it just, it's bizarre that the person who did the original material that that film was based on has now been absolutely taken in by Sam Bankman-Fried and is kind of setting fire to his legacy. When the big short, for my money, is one of the best films Hollywood came out with in the 2010s. Mm. It is is Adam McKay absolutely crystallizing what he was like getting at with the other guys Mm. but being able to do more of a drama than comedy whereas that the other guys is is straight up a comedy and the way like where where it's just like 
yeah, but this stuff is really boring. So here's Margot Robbie in a bathtub to explain it to you. But yeah, oh, here's Anthony like, Bourdain, uh, <laughs> leading chef Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it is, but the first time they do it is the Margot Robbie thing, and it's just such a that's fucking genius. And then it's thirty seconds of Margot Robbie explaining this concept in a bathtub, and it's like, yeah, I get it. And then, and just the way it, then at the end, she's like, right, okay, fuck off, and then it just cuts, and it, it's it, yeah, it's great. It's stars being very, very good. Probably the best dramatic role Steve Carell's ever had. Not one bit of his role is funny, and he's really fucking good in this. A lot better in this than he is in Foxcatcher. You've got Ryan Gosling just absolutely understanding. I look like a piece of shit. So I just need to be a piece of shit. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. But also gets, I'm jacked, I'm jacked to the tits. Yeah. One of, maybe one of my favourite lines ever. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I also it's, do it's, very much like do very much like when he's looking at his mathematician saying, look, look how Chinese he is. Yeah. It's just such a, yeah. God, you are such a piece of shit. Yeah, no, absolutely. But then you've got like Brad Pitt and the two like, guys who he's kind of helping and they're fucking dancing because they've like they hit it big and then brad pitt's like do you not understand like what is going to happen here how many people are going to lose their jobs you know it's I such a really well delivered line yeah it, it, yeah it it, it, it it very much it cuts because you're almost like you're almost as an audience getting involved with them and kind of getting yeah. like Fucking hell, you know, they, they, they did it. They, they took on the big boys and then the, the, the Brad Pitt bit just fucking cuts you right through. You're like, holy shit, he's right. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it's... I, I, It is a very, very fucking well put together film, that is. It it, it, it just... Yeah, it, it really... Yeah, it, it really like leaves a mark, does the big short. And I I I feel I don't think Adam McKay will ever make a better film. A no, film. Like better movie. Like, you know, Anchorman is one of my favourite comedies of all time. You know, so there that you know, there there's that. The other guys is really good, very silly, funny shit with a serious message but it it doesn't necessarily you know the credits kind of shove it down your throat but you've also had two hours of laughs beforehand the big short feels like the purest definition of what adam mckay is trying to do but at the same time i'm really looking forward to that film he's doing where what is it like robert pattinson's a serial killer and robert downey jr is playing some congressman who he blackmails into trying to make it easier for him to kill again or something (laughs) or or keep getting away with it and that sounds ace the big short genuinely is a film that i kind of feel like people should just watch as much to inform themselves as entertain themselves it's I, i i like i think adam mckay actually did the world a bit of a service making it so yeah. there you go, the big short. 
Um, and that... Oh, no. I, uh, I do have one more. Sorry. Um, so, um, last night I watched a new Netflix film, The Conference. Um, oh, is that so... the... Is that like Swedish or something? Yep, that's right. Yep. Oh, we hovered over that the other day, didn't we? Mm-hmm. How is it? Uh, so, this is... This is directed by Patrick Ed- Edland, who um, uh, Netflix said was Oscar nominated. Uh, I'm, maybe, uh, I'm assuming that, like maybe live action short film or something like that. So <laughs> this is a horror comedy about um, a, uh, a a company, like a small company, who are going away together on like a team building weekend thing. Um, and there is someone with a grudge who uh, besieges uh, the, uh, the the conference center slash like chalet place to um, seek revenge. Um, it's 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 decent. I watched it on I watched it on a Tuesday night. It is a Tuesday night film. It is a okay hour and forty minutes. Don't really need to engage with it too much in brain. I can just watch it. It's like upper tier fright fest material, right? Where it there's there's a really good gory kill in it about halfway through, which I enjoyed. Um, there's a bit of nastiness to it as well. There's like there's one kill where a trap is set up and you see how it's going to play out and it's actually quite sad um but yeah um and it it, it's interesting the question of who the bad guy is is one that's kind of like as in morally who's the bad guy is is one that's played out through the film and that kind of informs the, the last 20 minutes where the final girl is not necessarily the final girl but there is a final girl who gets the final kill but she's not necessarily the final girl yeah because it's like well who is actually actually the bad guy here and I I, I thought that that was interesting um and you know, there's some good kind of generic, oh, aren't corporate excursions bollocks kind of humour to it, um, and it's okay. Um, it's a perfectly serviceable watch, but it's not one where it's like on a Friday or Saturday night you're going to settle down. It's like right, this is my treat for the end of the week. You wouldn't want to do that for the conference, but if it's just, you know this is something I'm going to stick on for an hour and a half before I go to bed on a weekday night. Yeah, that'll do you fine. Nice. Which, which, which you know, those kinds of films, those kinds of films are perfectly, perfectly warranted. You know, it's, it's the kind of thing that 15 years ago, we'd have got a one week show in, in cinemas and then would have been out on DVD a few months later and people would have enjoyed it. There you go. Nice. You know, get, oh, it's, it's one of those I'll get to it at some point. It's severance. It's the cottage. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's one of those. And to be honest, there haven't been a lot of those lately. So, cool. 
Yeah, I, I, there you I, go. I, I will take one of those over. This is the best horror movie of 2023. Mm. <laughs> this week. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. This is straight down the line. It's not meaning to be anything more than it is. It's a free or 3.5 if you're feeling generous. Job done. No shame in that. Nice. And I'm going to go for a P, but if you guys want to carry on, I can still hear you. Cool. So I, I actually realised that I, I, I watched only watched a couple of things on my own. So I watched Accepted, which I spoke about quite a lot. But I watched on the plane. It was a plane watch. Had to watch something Mark, like. You've spoken about that film at least five times in the history of this podcast. Yes. Sorry, I'm going to go again. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to talk about it again. And the fact I really like Accepted, it's fun. <laughs> do I do like? Right, I will say this about Accepted that I that I, I it clocked with me what I like about it. Yeah. Most, it is. There's no mean spiritedness to it at all. Hmm. It's not. It's, it's not, not mean to anyone. The only thing, the only thing people it's mean to, to is people who deserve to be mean. The only people that it, 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 it has a go at is hazing culture. Is the only people it has a go at, and that it's kind of right to do that. Whereas the actual, the crux of it all is, it's supposed to be like an island of misfit toys, so it can't really have a go at those people because that's the whole crux of it. So what else did we watch though, Bex? We we watched. I watched. Watched the detective. Sorry as well. Yeah. I enjoyed watching the detectives. Uh, only thing about it is, thing about it is it's, it's 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 Killian Murphy, it's Killian Murphy um, being like the straight being man like the straight of it. Of but it. his friends but think, he's his friends think he's a bit kooky because he runs a video he store, runs a video um, store um, in the age of DVD. In the age of DVD. Um, and um, his video store, his video um, store um, does um, it's called Gumshoe Videos, and he does like. Um, theme weeks where you can rent um, two war movies for um, like three dollars, and so when he's doing that, he'll wear like he'll dress up as like um, an army man, okay. um, a bit like that. And then it's it's his friends all think he's a bit kooky, but he's not actually. And then um, Lucy Liu's character gets introduced into his world, and she is just full blown nuts. Yeah. Um, and she's incredibly charming in it. It's something like that. The problem is, not a lot actually happens. It's just taking you on this uh, this run of looking and going. Do you know what? This is quite this is quite charming. The problem is, it it, it gets to a point where you're going. It's still charming, just nothing's happening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good plain watch, but yeah, it's not. I can see why it's not revered as like a cult classic. It's just a, a yeah. fun little film. Um, so what else did we watch, Becky? Um, well, so we went out for a few drinks on Saturday night, was it? Yeah. And came home and decided to watch Halloween H2O. Yeah, we went out for a drink. We were going to get something to eat, but we didn't get something to eat. We got a takeaway instead, didn't we? We did. We did. Yeah. We well, no, actually, we got something to eat and got a takeaway. Yes. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway... Um, yeah. Enough of our gluttony. <laughs> well, we were just coming off the back of an all-inclusive holiday. Like things have been real hungry around here. Um, Halloween H two O is perfect for that, though. It is. Yes. A couple of drinks in. Watch a daft movie. 
movie. Well, it's 85 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> I I actually really like H2O, though. I, I, I like H2O, yeah. It's... I mean, it's, it's schlocky, but it's not like the Tyra Banks one schlocky. No. It's not shit. No. Um, you know, what's his face? Josh Hartnett and his weird hair. Mm. Fine in it. Shell Williams, fine in it. Like the whole, the having the, the kids in it, albeit briefly, is it kind of almost the roots of the, the, the slasher kind of franchise that it's done there. It's all with kids. Yeah. But I, I think this does a good job of they're there and they, there's some good scares and some good kills and stuff that involve them. But it's Laurie's story. <laughs> Um, yeah, it gets to be her story, but she doesn't have to be front and centre all the time. Yeah, yeah. And it's tr- it's just as compelling when it's her as it is when it's the kids running around and getting killed. Um, the little, very brief, sort of love story that they've got going on with... Um, who is it that plays? Adam Arkin. Yeah? Adam Arkin. Um, it's, it's quite sweet. Yeah, until he gets really brutally murdered. Really brutally murdered, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But again, like I think the film does enough to make you like him and oh, care yeah. that when he dies, it's like, fuck, no. <laughs> yeah. He's like a good dude. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, character development and uh, being a good filmmaker can take you quite far. Yeah. Uh, we also watched 54, didn't we? We did. Yeah. I've not seen this before. I had. Um, I spent a lot of... The, the, the which, which cut? Well, that was it. It got about halfway through and I was there going, this is the theatrical cut, not the director's cut. Um, and the thing is, the theatrical cut is fine, mm. but very different to the director's cut. Yeah. I just spent most of the film going, are you sure that's Mike Myers? <laughs> yeah. And, and there's just The thing is, the bits that are different in the director's cut are quite major... Yeah. I explained it to you afterwards, didn't I? And you were like, so that explains like the entire last 20 minutes of the film. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know 54, it's a, it's a kind of, um, it's a fake history of, but within mixed in, it's a fictional story weaved into the real story of, um, Studio 54. No, 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 no um, 54, the club in, what is it, in uh, LA, uh, sorry, in um, New York in the late 70s. So it tells the real story of um, Steve Rebell via this unreal story mm. there. But Same kind of vibe as Titanic, fictional story within a real set. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but within the theatrical court, there is no love triangle between Ryan Philippe and Selma Hayek and uh, Brickin Meyer. But within the director's cut, there is. And it kind of tells like the whole second half of the story, mm. which just isn't in that. But all the reactions are the same. So yeah. it doesn't really make much of a sense. No. But I still kind of enjoyed it. It's just, I wish I'd watched the director's cut but I didn't. I, I, I now, well, I can't now watch the director's cut again because it's not that different. I don't be watching the same movie again. Mm. Um, we also watched the X Files movie, didn't we? 
which was spurred on by Mike talking, talking to us on the group chat, saying, sure, it's a really good movie. Nice. The X-Files movie. It is a really good movie. I was like, sure, it is, yeah. yeah. So we rewatched the X-Files movie, and it is a really entertaining movie. So am I correct in thinking this was made after the TV one had kind of finished, and as like, um, uh, and then the, the TV series came back? After the film. No, that was the, um, the other one. that was the sequel. Oh, okay. Um, it. Oh God. So no, this was between seasons. Oh God. I want to say four and five, but it might be five and six. Okay. Hmm. So, but had the X-Files, like, department being shut down in the TV series and then this bridges the gap for it getting reopened? Is that a thing? Because it does, doesn't oh, it? God, it references been... that. It's been so long. Fuck, maybe I need to rewatch the X-Files movie. It, g- g- genuinely, Ian, you should. Because it is really entertaining. Mm. And it's, yeah. it's really... It's fun. You, your, the thing is, I remember, I remember watching the X-Files. I don't think I watched... I think I watched the full first run of it. Mm. I didn't watch it when it came back. Mm. But I wasn't like a an avid watch, if that makes sense. Like, I watched it, but... Watched it if it was on, but you weren't like... No, I think I still watched it every week. Mm. But I don't, like... I wasn't like an obsessive. If I did miss it, it wouldn't have bothered me. Mm. So, like, if I went on a holiday, I wasn't, like, telling people to fucking record it for me or any shit like that. <laughs> Um, but I probably did catch up on it at some point. Um, but like, I don't have like a, I don't. I, I remember bits of it, mm. but I wouldn't be able to tell you which which fucking series X episode was from or anything like that. But I think that's what's so good about this film, though. Is like, I, it's accessible. Yeah, yeah. I I I like the X Files in theory, but I I just for some reason can't get on with it watching it as a TV series like I find it a bit of a slog but I can sit and enjoy the film well, I think the, without the, having like a background knowledge or working knowledge the thing is that the, the, the series became such a it, it it broke out from beyond people that watched it to the point of where if you went into the film you, you knew who these two people were yeah. and what they did yeah 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 um, so you don't you don't have to basically there's no like it's not about I don't have to have any knowledge of the show because no matter what if you grew up in the 90s you yeah, had a knowledge of the yeah. show whether you watched it or fucking not so it would have been very difficult Catatonia did do a song yeah. yes I don't think it was featured on the soundtrack no 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 I, um, I it is something that I want to try and power through with because I have heard it finds its feet finds its yeah, yeah, about halfway through season. Oh, fuck that shit then. Gets good on episode seven of yeah. fucking season two. Nah, bollocks. But I will watch the sequel <laughs> soon with with uh, Billy Conley. Yeah. <laughs> There's a great line in that where Gillian Anderson's just something about, um, yeah, but you buggered a load of boys or something like that. Like buggered yeah. is <laughs> a word that she uses. I think it is buggered, yeah. Oh, the film takes place uh, between seasons five and six. It was five and six, yeah. was it? All right, yeah. Between episodes the end oh. and episode six, the beginning. 
Yeah, I think six was when they moved shooting to LA because David Duchovny was like, I want to live in LA. I don't want to have to fucking fly up to Canada. You're going to shoot it in LA. Um, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Season six was crazy. There's one. There was one that was like called Drive. I think it was called Drive, where it's like, if you if you slow down, your head will blow up. So it was like speed, except your head's the bomb. Nice. Thing is, I I hope you do watch it. I would I would watch it with you, but I won't. No, you won't. Uh, right, final one for us then. Uh, we went to a um, a retro screen, didn't we? A film club screening. It was. Yeah, it's like a film club, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so they do one every month. Next month it's Breakfast Club. We've done a few of theirs, haven't we? Uh, yeah, so they're called We Watch Film and you can like suggest films for future screenings and stuff mm. as well, can't you? And they do a quiz oh, that's cool. before the film and then it yeah. shows at, like, quizzes at seven, films at eight. Yeah. And, and so this month was The Crow. Fucking love The Crow. Uh, wasn't it? So we, we watched The, the Crow. Um and it is a. Um, they were saying it's 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 a new. Um, this when they said it's a new um, remaster of the mm. film uh, that's not actually out yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's not actually out until um, next year. He said, but somehow we've. They've let us use it, yeah. um, and it's got a new it reco- an international exclusive. Yes, yeah, it's got a new recording of the score. Mm. He was saying um, by um, um, Graham Ravel, who originally did the score. Yeah, so it's a new recording of the same score uh, within that as well. Yeah, um, yeah, the crow's very good. It's a very uh, atmospheric movie. Watching it in the cinema this time, I think I said to you that it came out. You. You notice um, how much uh, Alex Prayos has taken from the graphic novel, <coughs> in the sense that a lot of the shots um, are like the, the, a lot of the wide shots you can see. Oh, that's just lifted from mm. from the comic, and the way that it pans quite um, succinctly from side to side or yeah. up, down, up and down. Yeah, uh, very much like you're reading the panel mm. and going from there. Um, but yeah. Very, it, it's a very atmospheric film, batshit crazy, mm. as well. Um, uh, but but a real lot of fun. Um, I, the thing is, it, it's been they've been talking about remaking it for literally about twenty years now, mm. and there's almost an element of don't just leave it alone or don't remake yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the craziest one was the Gerard Butler one. That they were going to do at one point. Wild. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Well, J- Jason Momoa being rumoured to be in it was was a, a minute, wasn't it? But I could, I could see that though. Mm. More than Gerard Butler. Mm. Oh, and there was some film news though. Go on. Um, Paris has fallen. Apparently, started shooting. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh no, no! It's a TV show. Oh. It's a TV show, Mark. Oh. Well, fuck you, world, you prick. <laughs> yeah, because they just they recast, didn't they? Because Matu Kazovitz was supposed to be in the lead, but they've replaced him with some someone else. Yeah, just uh, I'm sure that's just like triggered Noel 
due to some of the conversations we've been having lately. Like, but I get Noel's point. Basically, everything on Netflix that he seems to be interested in at the moment, he goes into it. It's like, oh, it's a fucking eight episode TV series. What the fuck? Yep. And yeah, Paris is Fallen is a TV series. I get to fuck world. Yeah, if it does fall. I don't think it's Paris' fault. Yeah, I'm blaming Paris. Wow. It's a shittle anyway. I don't like it. Have you been? Yeah. The Eiffel Tower's always looked a bit shifty to you, right? Yeah. Fucking prick. Ugh. Don't like it. Okay. No, I didn't like Paris. When did you go to Paris? I went to Paris uh, with college. Uh, right. And you, know, you, know, you never will with Mark by the sounds of it, Bex. No, that's another one to add to the list. Boats. Uh, no, I better deal with you Paris. about a boat. Yeah, you did, yeah. <laughs> you, you guys don't need some other details. Um, yeah, Paris and Venice. We'll not go to Venice. Why, why, would, why would anyone go to Venice? Oh, there's this city. All right, yeah. It's romantic, most romantic city in the world. All right, that sounds pretty fucking good, yeah. It's sinking and it stinks. What? It's literally sinking, yeah. And it smells fucking terrible, yeah. That doesn't sound romantic. Yeah, it's all right. I have no interest in going to Paris. Uh, to Venice, so. We can go to Paris, but I'll be grumpy. I don't want to go. <laughs> well, that's your fucking choice. Right, let's review another fucking film. Um, so Fair Play is written and directed by Chloe Dumont, uh, and it stars... Phoebe um, Denver? Bear with me two seconds. Someone appears sure. from the our window. Yeah, Oi, person at their window. Can't you see that we're, we're recording a podcast? <laughs> Bloody kids. Um... Aiden Elric, uh, Eddie Marzan, Rick Sommer, um, and other people. Um, what is it about? An unexpected promotion at a cutthroat hedge fund pushes a young couple's relationship to the brink, threatening to unravel far more than their recent engagement. Um, Ian, fair yep. play. What did you think? So, uh, yeah, I first heard of this film when it played Sundance in, in January and Netflix bought it up for like a good chunk of change and people were really talking it up and whatnot. So it, it had been on my radar for a while. Um, so I was, I was because of that, maybe I was, you know, I was a little bit disappointed. Um, it's I think it's good. Um, I think anyone calling it an erotic thriller I'd love to. Maybe actually, I don't want to know what turns you on. Um, yeah, can I just jump in a little bit, very quickly, on that? Because I keep hearing sure. about this that it's this really like erotic, and it's. I read a review saying you know it's full of like sex and nice stuff. And I thought, did I watch the same film? Having sex no, yeah, scenes there's... and being an erotic thriller are not the same thing. No, we're a long they way. Si- they seem instinct. to be this de- these days. This is the thing. It kind of feels like anything that's got a hint of sex is, oh, that's racy, isn't it? Oh, all right then. You know, and I mean, to be fair, it's the bit at the start. 
where didn't see didn't see that coming to be fair you know um it's not exactly a sex scene it's a before sex and then oh maybe not scene um then he finds it hard to get it up and then he rapes her so are they actually sex scenes is that hot no i think at least i think but beyond that um Thought it was all rather service, surface level. Mm. I enjoyed the performances, but it felt like the most basic version of this story yeah. in terms of the actual narrative that you could actually you 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 could get. Like a but summary. I liked Olden. Yeah, yeah. I liked Olden Ehrenike. I liked Phoebe Devener. Uh, I thought Eddie Marzan was fucking great. Yeah. Um, the withering put down of olden Ehrenreich when he's on his knees holy shit yeah great um i just wanted my my big a big complaint with it one scene of him watching 30 seconds of a jordan peterson-esque youtube video is a shortcut for he's a top like he's obviously going to be a toxic piece of shit and we just need to assume that he's going to be a toxic piece of shit because he's watched this video and then suddenly he's reading all these books and blah 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 i think we needed more of his descent into that Mm. a little bit more what he was doing to investigate that rather than her reaction to it it just it felt like 20 years down the line, if people are watching this, I feel that they'll be... So we watched that and it led to that. What the fuck? But right now, in the moment, because everything right now is now, 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 and we're... It, 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 it's almost like films are being made to not have a legacy. It's just you understand it in the moment and then never mind anything else. Here, it's okay. That's shorthand for today. So I understand it instead of the film actually fully exploring that. I liked the film. I don't think it's anywhere near as Guardian think PC as has been coming out in The Guardian. I think it's well acted. I think it's less well written and directed. I'm intrigued to see what you guys thought. Becky, Mm. what did you think? Shit in it. It's just it's it's a good concept, really poorly executed, and then really well acted. But yeah, I think you, you bang on there, Ian. It's just it's all shorthand. It's not the Andrew Tate of it all is not explored. The um, the misogyny of his reaction to her getting the promotion instead of him is not explored. You're just supposed to get it. He the. Um, <laughs> it really, really seems to think it is an erotic thriller, and it fucking isn't. The people that made it need to go back and watch stuff like, like your basic instincts and stuff Sliver. like that, and go, oh, okay, hang on, yeah. So that it's got to be erotic Jade. to Jade. be erotic thriller. Yeah. It doesn't just have to have sex. Just really, really fucking sanitized. I mean, not sanitized, but do you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, it's not sexy sex. It's it's funny almost sex, not sex, 
and then violent sex. That's not. It's not. That's not sexy sex. No. And that does not an erotic thriller make. Um, I I have really high hopes for some for the for the the, the actual um, the idea of it the, the 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 synopsis of it. It could have been so fucking good. I am Tyra Banks meme about this film. It's it's fucking pissed me off, and it starts off quite strong like that bit at the beginning. Like you you really kind of. You, you kind of do feel that connection and it's 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 funny the bit where he like where he goes to like eat her out and then it's that happens and it's like their reactions to it feel quite human and like in a, in a long-term relationship if something like that happened it it wouldn't be like oh my god this is so disgusting it would be oh fucking hell and it, it, it that that feels quite like and then after, after yeah and after that it's just it's just like oh okay now they're just fucking robots with no more character development then these people are not those people from the beginning of the movie because their reactions like it doesn't feel like that's where they would go from that no i just it's just shit it's just so poorly done so poorly written and then yeah uh phoebe Dinavor, whatever she's called, and Alden Ehrenrich are very good at what they're given to do. It's just what they're given to do is shit. Eddie Marzan is an absolute C word, but he's meant to be. And he's really fucking good at it. Yep. it. It could have been so good, and I'm so disappointed that it's not. If I'd. Mm, what? If it wasn't a good concept and it was shit, I don't think I'd be as angry as, at it as I am. The concept of it, in in that she gets the promotion and he doesn't, and then the the gradual breakdown of their relationship as he feels. But there's no gradual. No, there's no gradual. That's that's my point. Uh, but like, it, it could have been good if it was that kind of thing. He feels emasculated, and he feels uh, like. But, right. No, sorry, sorry, go on. Go. And he feels like you know, it, it, it's shattered his sense of self and all this kind of stuff. If that had been explored properly could have been a really good film but she instantly turns into an arrogant piece of shit and he instantly if, turns into a whiny man baby if you established earlier on that he'd followed eddie marzan as closely as he seems to have when he's begging mm. him and it's like this is actually his dream yeah like that before he gets down on his knees in front of eddie marzan and, and starts doing that there is nothing mentioned about him like idolizing him yeah, quite. At all. He just likes his job and wants to get ahead. But then all of a sudden, yep. Eddie Marzan is Jesus to him. Um, also, i just got to say, because I forgot, critical, critical flaw of the narrative for this. I do not believe that no one would twig that not only are they shagging, but they live together. If I, I get that's like a comment on how corporate culture doesn't care about people's personal lives. No, in actuality, in the real world, when you are working for a company that provides financial services, as I fucking do, you bloody know if people are shagging each other and you would bloody know if they were living together. The thing is... Uh, and the fact that at the end she's like, oh, he was stalking me. Bollocks. I, Bullshit. I actually thought no. at, at that moment... He was going to call her out. I, I, I thought he was going to say, "No, he wasn't. You've been living together for all mm-hmm. this time. Don't you think we do a background check on the people that we bring in for Quite. these things?" 
and but but but, 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 put but my hand up for a second. But still say, but I don't care. You make money for me. He does. That no, that would have been that would have been the way. We step on shit. It's not our place to come up with the story. But I don't. But but again, the, the, my my big issue with this movie is it's the, the, the performances are all great. It looks quite nice. The story is a good idea. Mm. The, uh, the the macro of the story is a good idea. The minutiae of it is so immature. That it's somebody that about half, not even halfway through, a bounce up towards the the beginning of the first act, the middle of the first act. The director slash writer becomes so infatuated with the lead character, mm. um, Phoebe uh, Denver's character, that it it, it 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 loses all sense of any character development, including her character. Mm at all, that it hints at so many different things that it never actually... It it hints around him becoming kind of embroiled in this Andrew Tate, Jordan Peterson um, toxic masculinity thing. It doesn't actually go anywhere, really, with it whatsoever. Show him, like, delving into it. It hints that he's convinced her that he's really good at his job when the actual reality is he might be a bit shit at it. Mm. It hints uh, at her having a um, a substance abuse problem. It hints at that um, around it. But it never actually goes anywhere with it. it. Never actually says that she does or she doesn't. It just kind of hints at it. It's all um, like. It, it, it's gossip of lies, which which, which f- follows into what Ian was just saying about the it's utter bullshit that people wouldn't know that a they were fucking or b they lived together because somebody at HR is sending out the fucking what is it check and HR people talk, um, it, it yeah nonsense. I don't believe that from the start of it that their relationship is deep enough for them to get married. What with the fact that. At the start of it, you've got him basically. It's clearly a wedding of his uh, his family, and it's it's hinted that it's the first time that she's been introduced into it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's he's going to marry her. Mm. Nah, come on. There's so much of it that just feels like (sighs) it's what what Chloe is doing is. She's pressing so many buttons trying to get a reaction out of the audience mm. that she's baiting the audience. And then that's the problem. But she's baiting it, but you never get hooked. There's no... It's... Well, yeah, because the bait is fucking polystyrene packing work with, instead of real work. Without, without three really great performances at the centre of the movie... This movie would be an absolute fucking steaming turd of a movie. But the fact that she's very good, Alden Eirik, despite the fact that he is horrifically miscast, um, is really good because he's a fantastic actor. And it's wonderful seeing him in a movie that is set in our times. (laughs) Because usually it's not. Why do you think he's miscast? I just, I don't... I just don't buy him as as that character. 
I just think the part's badly written. But yeah, it could be that. But he but he does really well with it. But then uh, it absolutely shits the bed in the last 20 minutes. A movie that isn't even... That, that, that is okay. And I think that it shits the bed in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Completely. You can have him be just an, an arsehole that couldn't... That, that couldn't quite deal. He may seem to want to be able to deal with the fact that she got the promotion. He couldn't quite deal with it. Mm. Um, with that. And the just really, it, it, it made him feel so, so impotent that he actually became impotent. He's a bit, really? Really? I, I, don't, I don't know. There's a, there's a difference between being impotent and just not being able to get it up. No, but it does seem like that, that that is what that that is what she's trying to say is that uh, that, no. that he he, he that she emasculated to the point that he that he that he couldn't even get an erection. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I think that was more like he's not turned on. Like he's just not feeling it from her directly. Rather, that you know, he's I'm just like he's not that. in the mood. She's not, she is not turning him on. Well, she does. She she does kind of come up to the point of sex when, when it, it's all like it's like no, sweetheart, you are picking the wrong times. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think as well, mm. saying to somebody, "I'll get you the promotion if you eat me out." No, or but, she says but, just before that, I know she tries to make it a joke, but if you're already feeling a bit like yeah, the, the, it, it's a, I, the thing is, I can see fair. her why she said that is a like a, a jokey thing to kind of what is it and I can see why he's had the reaction of what the fuck mm. that is you, you've said the right thing at the wrong time um, but then yeah, it just the way it goes for the last 20 minutes it's just I'm there I was watching it going this is just a bit meh like you said it's not it, 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 it's not sexy but I think no, not in the slightest. I mean, I think it does, it's trying. I mean, they I are. Think, I think it's almost trying to to be sexy. It's mistaking sex for sexy. For sexy. Yeah, uh, it's a yeah. real misstep. Mm, really, really badly wasted opportunity. Yeah, because performance-wise, interesting stuff in there. Yeah, thematically, like they they could have the story beats that that handled better could have been a good movie mm. they're just not no no a, 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 a disappointment, disappointing yeah. yeah I I am I'm not going to go as far as say it's shit because I don't think it's shit I'm touching cloth with it because but because of the the performances shit Ian I, look I'm I, I'm I'm definitely not shit because the I think the performances are really good, and I I think it's engaging. Like you you want to see what's going to happen. I think the last twenty minutes are really bad, and the the sense that she's now saying he was stalking me, and that this is that aspect of it makes me not like her as much as I think the film wants me to. Yeah. If it was 
she tells the truth and she and she's like and he's like yeah but you made money for us so fuck it dump dump him out of your life and i i'd almost respect that more the fact that she's if even if she was like yeah okay we were together and he just raped me you know I, I, that which is the truth then fine the fact that she's still trying to like cover her ass in that way and then by the end of the film i mean one one question the end of the film that she says like get down on your knees uh, beg me and then get the fuck out of my life and then it's a shot of her and then there's the sound of like a slumping and then she smiles what's what's that what's that supposed to mean because he's already like on the floor yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I think again, it's just a director who's trying to be clever who just can't quite pull it off. Can I just say the, I, the I, bit I, where I, she goes to see Eddie Marsan and, and says about him stalking her and stuff like that is one of the few highlights of the end of the film for me. The fact that it, finance bros are all about self-preservation. She wouldn't go and tell him the truth. The fact that she does it and he. He, he knows she's lying. But and he it, says, look, it's... we all step in shit. We just don't track it into the office. Leave the stories to but... the HR people and the publicity people. He's basically, for me, saying, look, I know you're lying. I don't care. I don't need you to make up a story for me. We all do stupid shit. I... It's, it, I, it... I've read that completely it... differently to you two. Yeah, I, which, you know, and I, I think that's interesting in itself. You know, and I, 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 you know, I, I think maybe not exactly agree to disagree, but like understand. I don't know, understand. Not that there's different viewpoints, but there's different ways of seeing things. And that doesn't necessarily mean that what we're saying is the right way of viewing things. It's fuck, that's complicated. But it's the 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 fact that she immediately goes to. This is my version of events. And then he kind of validates to save herself, isn't she? Yeah, it's not that's not her version of events. Like she knows she was literally engaged to him. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say that my reading of that is right, or objectively that is the the right way of taking that. That is how I have taken that. But that is as a 39 year old. So you think that you think that that's her reading of it. That, that, that she genuinely thought that he was stalking her. Who? Me? Uh, you cut out there, Seth. Who, who? Me? Yeah. No. No, no. So, sorry. My... my. So, the fact that, that Becky's saying, like, she's scrambling, it's... My no, my read of it is that she, yeah, yeah. I suppose that she is like trying to think of a way of getting out out of it. My my read of it as thirty nine year old male is, I don't feel sympathy for her in that regard. I'd it's almost like I don't know how you do this narratively, but Eddie, if Eddie Marzan was like spin this in a way that sounds good 
and then she said that but also at the same time she he raped her <clears throat> he raped her so if she's just gonna go fuck him i'm gonna save myself now then i i i think yeah okay i it, yeah yeah i i think i get that but then the fact that Eddie Marzan's like, yeah, but you don't need to tra- traipse your dirty shit in. I, yeah, I... It's... Oh God, it's complicated. And I... Yeah, I... I yeah, I, I... I don't know how to feel about it upon reflection. It... But then the the later... The later scene... I think is quite powerful of her saying like Alden Aaron writes like I'm just going to get the fuck out of your life because he knows he's done wrong he knows he's done wrong and she's what the fuck why aren't you on your knees begging for forgiveness here but and but then when it turns into I want you to like say how pathetic you are and and it kind of turns into that power play kind of thing again yeah, I, I, I just genuinely thought, with the exception of the, the Eddie Marsden and her scene, I think it's a good scene. But I thought everything from the... I think the, 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 the rape scene is terribly handled. It's a terribly done scene. The fact that it's... It, I said to you, Alex, it, it felt to me like the filmmaker is baiting people into going, hang on a minute, she was enjoying that a second ago. Yeah. That, that, into that, saying, that's, that's some... into saying, oh, it's almost baiting you and going, yeah, but she does say, stop. Yeah. Like three times. Yeah, don't show her. That's some it. really, but I mean, that's some really complicated sexual energy. It's not any I've ever experienced. You know, the way that it's, okay, I don't like you. But I'm into this. Let's fuck. But then it contorts itself into no, that I that's not that that particular that that's not what I'm into. It's I I don't know. I kind of almost feel like I have no frame of reference for comprehending that energy in that scene. Which I, you know, I, I think a great many people don't, and I think that's kind of provocative in itself, I suppose. But then at the end of it, it's hard to, I, I, I don't know. As soon as she says stop, and he's banging her head in into the into the sink, it's like okay, yeah, fight. But before that, I don't get why she's then deciding to even have sex with him in the first place other than like there's a animal thing there that i'm not quite feeling in the film anyway like i i, I no, there's I, no development I, to, I, I, to I, I don't get that do you mean the, the thing is she's uh, the, the, the 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 lightest way i can put it is she clearly likes having sex mm. <laughs> um for that, and she's clearly but, quite I mean, even. Even I mean, it, it, yeah, but I mean, even after everything that has just happened, yeah, that's still. I, I mean, yeah, all right. I mean, if that's just a, again, if that's a viewpoint I don't understand, then 
cool. I, 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 yeah, I. That that's the thing. I I don't know whether I actually have all the faculties to have an opinion that can be thought of as well-rounded on some of the aspects of this film. The thing is, I think if you take it up to the up to the point of obviously where it becomes a rape scene rather than a um, aggressive sex scene. No, yeah, absolutely. It is, absolutely. It is yeah, the yeah, definition yeah, yeah. of a of a hate fuck, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, which, yeah, I think what you're saying there is there are there are relationships who will have hate fucks, and there are relationships who definitely won't. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that that either of those are good or bad things. <laughs> the thing is, it's like she's consented up to a point. To hate fucking, she's not consented I, to I, that, and she I withdraws just don't... her consent, and she's yeah. right. Oh, no, yeah, no, no, I, 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 I absolutely but... agree with that. I am not saying otherwise. Oh, I know. <laughs> How has he torched her career that badly at that point, where there's even that, that, that even that energy to do that? But the thing, the the, the thing is that, that there's too many points in it where. She flits between, like, the whole her mother thing as well in the background. Yeah. Just felt a little bit like, what's good? It, well, that, I think, uh, is supposed yeah, to be yeah. about her not being able to assert herself. And but, it, but then but, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't anywhere go anywhere. Yeah. Because it's, it's a shit film. It's either, either there is a two and a half hour version of this movie <laughs> that is really fucking good that you go, oh, there it is. Mm. Or it's just so undercut. The, the the writing director thinks that, that well I've got it because I've got this and I've got this and I've got this the fact that this is considered quite highly and as being quite nuanced and as being an erotic thriller really really concerns me about the maturity of cinematic audiences yeah yeah it's, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a huge point Bex that's a huge point it really does cause I have been really disappointed in so many films this year I think filmmaking's really gone off the boil and I think it's because of a lack of sophistication in expectations there's a this is not an erotic thriller this is not even a thriller this is barely a movie I, I just think it's a huge wasted opportunity yeah for, 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 I, I, I could understand it better if the cast weren't so fucking good mm. but the, I just the I, is, though, I, the I wonder time, whether people have read that script and gone yeah so that's just bad choice making. Is there an element of choice making, decision making, of, of the fact that if we were in our mid to late twenties, we'd probably feel differently? I really hope not, this, because this, I really would hope that mid to late twenties me would still or, be more discerning than. Like or an alternative <laughs> angle would be: do we? Do you think that 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 the, the people who made this film? Think that that's what mid twenties people want. Mm. No, no, and and because yeah, that, yeah, that's what I've just been trying to Google. Like, how? Oh God, excuse me, sorry. Question. Like, how old is? Thank you. How old is is Chloe Dumont? Like, is like her birth September second is what you get out of IMDb. She looks like she's late twenties, early thirties. And it's it's interesting because um, uh, listening to oh god talking to sneeze again <laughs> so listening to the the the, uh, the big picture podcast 
they they in, and um, they interviewed Chloe Dumont, but that the, they were saying when they reviewed it that it's like they worry like that Sean Fennessy and Amanda Dobbins who do that show they're in like their early forties, and they were saying like watching this film they kind of worry about what mid late twenties people think about relationships. Yeah, if this is if this is termed as a erotic thriller and I, I i do wonder whether as this you like this next generation so she's chloe demont is 36 36 yeah okay so maybe maybe not so much then quite frankly but man you yeah i i worry what people's expectations are about relationships but then she's 36 and she wrote and directed this so mate i don't know maybe that point is invalid then um i expected her to be younger given this film i gotta say yeah i thought this doesn't feel like a yeah, this doesn't necessarily feel like somebody who's a relative contemporary of ours understanding of relationships. No. But, I don't know, maybe we just got good partners. <laughs> Let's go with that. And also, uh, our audience we, we, we're, we're, both, we're, we're, we're both people who got together, like, got together with our partners, well, all people who got together with our partners before social media. So, you know, and all that. So maybe that's a thing as well. Anyway, yeah. Our audience poll. Our audience poll. Uh, definitely not shit 25%. Touching cloth 50%. And shit 25%. Varied. Varied. Well, same as ours. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Questions. Uh, we have a few, actually. <laughs> Marcus C2. A question for Ian. Which was better, the belly dancing or the Macarena? <laughs> I can't believe you put that on social media. I'm so angry with you. <laughs> Belly dance. Sorry, Bex. No, it's fine. Um, it, um, Mark was putting more effort in. It was powerfully erotic. Yeah. Um, Rick Kidd. Um, watched The Flash earlier this week and decided, I'm kind of done with multiverse films. <laughs> Which movie tropes, plot devices, trends would you like to see the back of? Also, any you'd like to see more of? Characters dying and then turning up again five films later. Um, Gal Gadot showing up at the end of movies and smirking. <laughs> smirking, God, that's the answer. No, that's the answer. That's actually the answer. Um, movie tropes. Oh, what's the what's the woman dying as a catalyst for a male character thing? Girls in refrigerator. Fridging. Fridging, yeah. I'd get rid of that. What's that? It's where female characters die as motivation for male characters. They're basically there to just be a partner then die. All right. Nice. Yeah, I could get rid of that. Um, the, the house style that Illumination have for non-Mario brother human characters. Yeah. Um, I can't think of one. I genuinely can't think of one. Because I just like things. Um, 
Are you are you movie mad? Um, with eras dominating the box office uh, and the wonder of stop making sense release reigniting passions, what concert would you like to relive or finally see live on the big screen? Um, any system of, down, of a down cost, uh, concert in the early noughties in Atmos. <laughs> That'd be nice. Queen live at Wembley. Love to see that on the big screen. Oh, Twitch. <laughs> um, ooh. I don't know. I don't know. Um... See, a lot of the ones that I've, what is it have already happened. Like the Atmos with Apollo Springsteen is there. Mm. Um, I think something like says a great film. Prince, uh, Purple Rain. They, they did a concert, they did a film of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but have you seen it on the big screen? Oh, I've seen it on the big screen. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd, I mean, I'd, lo- I'd love to see the Prince concert film of, of, of Purple Rain and Purple Rain on the big screen, back to back. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Yeah, there so I'd, 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 I'd have those guys. Um, yeah, Dilbert if we decide to bin off Twitter where would be the best place to stay connected for questions and such if I can get enough invite codes Blue Sky Blue Sky or yeah um, Instagram I might start engaging more with Instagram with our audience I think it's difficult because it's all picture based isn't it well, I'll, 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 I'll try and work out a way around that yeah by you know downloading I... pictures <laughs> I need to see how the fuck I can get some invite codes on Blue Sky. I've been on there for two days now. It says you don't have any invite codes yet. We'll send you some when you've been on Blue Sky for a little longer. How long? Fuckers. <laughs> Tell me how long that long. <laughs> get rid of invite codes, Blue Sky. No, I, I think the invite code thing actually is not a terrible idea. Because you're inviting people that you would think would be would make the place better. So you don't end up with just a bunch of people going on just to be dickheads. Yeah, but then you're only engaging with people you already know. Like, the beauty of Twitter when it first started was communities were built on there of like-minded people. From no... Yeah, I don't think you can get that anymore. I think social media's become too... I really miss the early days of Twitter. It was a beautiful place. But yeah, Instagram, place like that. I forgot to mention earlier we are a pod syndicate podcast. So talking about beautiful places, go and visit our friends' shows. Yeah. Is that it for questions? That is it for questions, yeah. What are we, what are we reviewing next week here? In answer to that last one, a proper answer, actually. We'll, we'll come up with a game plan on that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, we will. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm I'm kind of open blue sky, but there's always threads and what. I don't know, we'll fucking see. Elon said he's only, only going to do charging for new users, and we'll see how that fucking goes. X is a fucking cesspool at the moment. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm already disconnected from all our audience on there for seeing questions because I just don't have it anymore. So, like, no, I'm already gone. It's, it's just when you see ads on there and then it's, like, immediately below the ads, X users have added context saying that this is, like, some sort of Chinese farm who are just trying to get people's data and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, brilliant. Well done. Uh, well done uh, you, you're doing a great job um, yeah we'll, we'll figure uh, figure something out so uh, review next week will be Killers of the Flower Moon uh, thank god we made it three and a half hours yep 
of Scorsese, DiCaprio, De Niro, goodness. Yeah. Cannot fucking work. Uh, yeah. There we are. Killers of the Flower Moon. Again, Scorsese's brilliant reaction to people saying, isn't three and a half hours too long? No. Would you get like Well, people will watch three or four episodes back to back of a TV show. People will watch plays for three and a half hours. Why not a movie? Yeah, quite. Fair play. <laughs> Which I, I know coming from me is quite hypocritical, but fuck that. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. No movie should be over 90 minutes unless Mark likes it. Yeah. And I'm fine with I'm fine with sticking to that code. <laughs> the the only nice. the only minor drawback of uh, of Killers of the Flower Moon being three and a half hours long is when can we fit? When in? can I fit in? Because yeah, my work schedule is between now and Monday is a bit crazy. But we're gonna we're gonna get it out. We're gonna do it. Gotta do it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. I, I mean, but... I. I... I've also got Trolls Bands Together at the weekend. And what? So, Trolls Band Together. Ah. Uh, it's the uh, new Trolls film. Is that this weekend? So, this weekend, yeah. If you want to review that instead. No, I'm all right. Um, <laughs> we did review the last one, though. <laughs> we did? Oh, yeah. that was That was the big... Universal were putting this out on premium video on demand as cinema's dead start. Yeah. If COVID that was. Yeah. My word. Back in back in those those days. <laughs> those dark, dark days. Um, that was three and a half years ago. That was three and a half fucking years ago that we viewed Trolls World Tour. What the fuck? Oh my god. What the fuck? Was that genuinely three and a half years ago? It was twenty twenty, bud. That's bonkers. Because oh, it was mind. the big, like, they were going to do it in cinemas. They're just going to put it out there and charge, like, 20 quid for people to watch it. Yep. Damn. That's bonkers. Yep. Yeah, Trolls World Tour. That was three years ago. That was... Fuck's sake. That was three and a half years ago. That's wild. Right. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Thanks, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. Spiralling into a crisis. Thanks, everyone. And thank you very much, audience. We shall speak to you next week. A goodbye. Bye. Ah! Are you having an existential crisis? Don't like that. That's like probably 5% of my life. (laughs) 